this is part four. I'll be doing part five tomorrow. Part five will be the last one. Not dead by myself. I'm just telling you. So let's talk about what feminist porn is really like. Claire Linton Calm. April 18, 2014, 4.30 p.m. A friend recently forwarded me a tweet that said, My aunt is really confused by the concept of feminist porn. Of course, it's sexist, she says. It's for guys. Most people I talk to about feminist pornography are often equally bemused by the concept. The idea of sexual imagery made by feminists full of sex positivity, body positivity, queer positivity, and authenticity can be difficult to reconcile with common images of porn. Identifying what makes porn feminist can be almost as complex as identifying feminism itself. I recently attended the Feminist Porn Awards and Feminist Porn Conference in Toronto where I spoke to some of the several hundred attendees and watched some award-winning sex scenes. I learned about feminist kink shoots and the history of sex work activism. I came away with a deep respect and appreciation for how feminist ideals can be represented in pornography. The beginning. To start, where did feminist porn come from? Queer BBW porn starlet Kitty Stryker says, I think it started in the 1980s with people like Betty Dodson, Annie Sprinkle, Canada Royale, Susie Bright, Deborah Sadow, and others. Businesses like Feminine Productions and On Our Backs cater to women's desires and gazes for the first time. D-A-Z-E-S. Director and producer Courtney Treble echoes this, including longtime porn star Nina Hartley and the list of notable feminist porn icons and adding, they wanted to make porn that showcased female desire and real orgasms, which altered the path of many porn companies. Iconic director Shine Lewis Houston Shine Louise Houston points out that the feminist porn label itself originates from sex toy store Good For Her, which launched the Feminist Porn Awards now in their ninth year. Other stores notable for promoting healthy representations of sexuality are Good Vibration, Further to Bed, Blowfish, Mitten Kitten, Adam and Eve, and Babeland, all of which inspired pornographers to let feminism infuse their work. Diversifying since then, feminist porn has expanded from a relatively homogeneous space to one that is inclusive of a wider range of sexual experience. Striker says feminist porn started with white, cisgendered, middle class, articulate women who are already working in the adult industry and considered quote unquote marketable. 
it has slowly brought in trans men, trans women, people of color, people with disabilities, and plus size people. The subject matter of the porn may not follow any particular guidelines. It can belong to any subgenre. Kink, lesbian, fetish, and even heterosexual porn could all be made with feminist ideals. Producer and actor Pandora Blake explains feminist porn used to be more or less synonymous with porn for women. But nowadays, I think it's more like porn for everyone. It's expanded, and in the future, I think and hope porn that is now considered feminist will be the default, and the radical porn will need to seek out new boundaries to explore. Seeking authenticity. A common buzzword in discussions of feminist porn is authenticity. Everyone I spoke with in Toronto believes feminist porn is somewhat authentic and that it encourages mutual consent and prioritizes performer preferences in terms of partners, scene, etc. However, several stress that a truly authentic situation cannot possibly be created for a marketable product. Shine Louise developed and produced the Crash Pad series, a seminal work of feminist queer porn that says it's hard to talk about authenticity in film. The footage that you have at the end of the day is very much removed from the actual experience. In the edit process, I try to stay honest. Kitty Stryker expands on this idea. It's still a job and performative in nature that needs to be acknowledged. The issue of exploitation. While a focus on sex workers' rights has informed a lot of feminist activism, it can also be a, a, it can also be a divisive topic. Some feminists believe that all pornography is inherently exploitative and therefore by nature cannot be feminist. Others, including those with whom I spoke at the conference, believe that feminism must make space for healthy, varied expressions of sexuality. Many porn performers view their jobs with pride and respect, yet their ability to identify as service professionals delivering a quality product is hindered by perceptions that pornography isn't legitimate work. Feminist pornography often stresses a belief in the rights of workers. As a result, feminist porn shoots are often safer, cleaner, and more respectful than mainstream ones. Shine Louise points out that directors are taking more positions of power such as becoming producers and heads of distribution channels, which means we have people higher up who are approving projects that take more risk and show things that are quite unconventional. Why be a feminist porn star? Performers become involved in feminist porn for many reasons. I believe strongly in being the change you want to see in the world, says Stryker. If I want to see more fat bodies in porn, I will be one. I teethed as a feminist on sex negative writers, and while I agree with many of their critiques of porn under patriarchal capitalism, I want to disrupt that mainstream narrative by, by being a performer that challenges those expectations. Pandora Blake adds that she was sick of seeing consensually produced kinky porn that was sold as if the non-consent fantasy was actually true. Pretending the performers hadn't really consented to the trouble says, I'm an artist and a feminist, and porn is just one of the media in which I work. I want to change the world with what I'm doing. Porn is a really powerful form of subversion. You can influence the way people see your kind of body or your kind of sexual preferences by creating positive pornography that represents something genuine and respectful. How do you pick your porn? So let's say you wanted to watch some feminist pornography. 
How would you know where to find it? My interview subjects were supportive of female porn consumption as there were a positive depictions of female pleasure in that form. Diverse casts that show a wide range of sexualities are also par for the course in feminist porn. Even the language used in marketing is a giveaway. Avoid companies that use offensive terms advises trouble. Avoid porn companies that don't have people of color, people of size, or transgender performers on their site. Feminist porn also promotes and supports positive communication between performers and producers. Performers are paid well and there are no surprises when they arrive on set. Blake adds, once the footage has been captured, the edit is done in a way that is honest and representative of what actually happened. Full credit is given to everyone involved and the product is sold in a way that respects the performance's professionalism, agency, and personhood. As consumers, we also have responsibility to act ethically. Trouble realizes that some consumers are looking for BDSM, rough sex, kink, or other taboo fantasies. Even if it doesn't look like feminist porn, it's still feminist support that people have made what you like to watch. She stressed that we don't need to further marginalize sex workers by saying what kind of kinds of sex work they do are more acceptable or less acceptable. So how can consumers give feminist porn performance the credit they deserve? As with any other industry, you can vote with your feet and your dollars by paying for feminist porn rather than the mainstream stuff. Why join the movement? Just as there, just as there is vast variety in feminist sexual preferences and ideals, everyone engaged in the feminist porn movement has a different reason for doing what they do. Being a feminist is the unifying factor, but even that can mean something different to each person. Nonetheless, everyone at the porn conference was engaged and enthusiastic about the possibilities for further communication and growth in the field. Courtney Trobes' uh, keynote speech was particularly inspiring, as in Shine Lewis's description of screening her film Bed Party at the conference. A gentleman in the audience who was particularly in tears commented that he felt seen. For the first time, he watched a representation of a sexual encounter that resembled his personal experiences. Being able to evoke an emotional response from the audience is priceless. Interview subject bios. Shine Louise Houston is the founder. Shine Louise Houston is the founding director of Pine, Pink and White Productions, the company that jumpstarted the queer porn movie. The cult classic film, The Crash Pad, and created a sustainable independent business model for queer porn on CrashPadSeries.com, which inspired a new wave of adult filmmakers. Note The Crash Pad was honored at the very first Feminist Porn Awards, and Shine was recognized in 2010 as the Feminist Porn Awards as visionary director. Here's a complete list of winners 2006 to 2014. Pandora Blake is a feminist pornographer, sex worker, adult performer, and blogger based in London, UK. She's 29 years old and has been working in the adult industry since 2005. She's the creator of dreamsofspanking.com, an adult pay site which launched in 2011 and produces gender egalitarian fair trade spanking porn for men and women. Pandora is an enthusiastic switch in both her professional and private lives and enjoys making spanking videos with her real life partners and lovers. She also writes the blog Spank Not Silence on Kink, Porn, and Politics. Kitty Stryker is a fat, 
queer femme, as well as a lecturer, writer, porn performer, and consent activist based in Silicon Valley. She's spoken at a range of venues, appearing on the University of Birmingham's consent panel and covering sex work and social media X at X X S W. And her day job, Katie is the PR and social media kitten at Trouble Films, and she writes on geek culture, current events, the adult industry, and intersectional politics. She's currently pitching her first book based on consent culture, a website supporting survivors of assault and abuse within alternative communities. Her side project, a queer My Little Pony porn parody. Courtney Trouble is a porn star, photographer, award-winning pornographer, and founder of Trouble Films, IndiePornRevolution.com, and QueerPorn.tv. The director and creative force behind over 22 queer porn films and endless online content. Courtney is the recipient of numerous feminist porn awards and countless adult industry honors, including eight ex-biz 2014 nods, the first in queer porn history. She also won Director of the Year at the BBW Fan Fest Awards in 2013. Courtney's films speak to an extremely fluid, authentic, and hardcore version of graphic sexual imaging featured queer, trans, and gender queer performers, as well as performers of color and size. Courtney has spoken on feminist porn, queer porn, gender, queer identity, and body politics everywhere from the Berlin Porn Film Festival to the National Conference for Organized Resistance, the university's queer film festivals and conferences. Horizons.ca slash node slash 517. Horizons Women's News and Feminist Views. Top stories select samples from Canada's most popular feminist magazines. Ethical Pornography by Tina Vasquez. In April 2011, and in the dark of a very small room, about 70 people are watching porn together. There's a scene in which the vagina of gender queer identified porn performer Jess Lee is positioned over the face of trans performer Billy Castro, giving him a mouthful of ejaculate. It's the queer reimagining of the quote unquote money shot, and for many in the room, it's the first time they've ever seen anything like it. The scene plays out as part of the Key Speak series at the center in Long Beach, California. And on this night, there's a viewing and discussion with Jess Lee, performer slash producer slash pornographer. Courtney Trouble, seen in a photo accompanying this article. Her website, snowfolks.com, F-A-U-X-X-X, and queerporn.tv have helped popularize the term queer porn that has been instrumental in the expansion of the female-to-male transsexual porn niche, N-I-C-H-E. Trouble's hand-picked self-produced selections are definitely hot and steamy. But to the discerning eye, they're also politically charged. Over the past 10 years, and without really intending to do so, the young, the young filmmaker has increased the visibility and social legitimacy of sexual and gender minorities who, until very recently, were treated as mere fetishes for straight male porn consumers. Queer porn is made by the sexual friend. It's sex-positive portrayals of fluid sexuality, diverse genders throughout the spectrum, couplings and co-partners you wouldn't expect, and sex acts that represent personal authenticity. Queer porn is people being true to themselves and being very out loud and proud about who they are and how they 
fuck, Trouble says. Watching Trouble's porn gives viewers a glimpse not simply of queer sexuality, but of real sex. For many viewers, it'll be the first time they see people like themselves represented in porn. For many, it will also be the first time they see people look like their friends, lovers, and partners. In other words, it's realistic in that it features people with realistic bodies of various sizes and various racial backgrounds experiencing sexual pleasure. While Trouble is a director, she doesn't direct her subjects. There's no script, no must-have camera angles, no artificiality. The people she films are real-life partners in one way or another. Their chemistry is apparent, their passion genuine. Welcome to Ethical Porn, where the performance experience making the film are just as important as the final product. In Ethical Porn, everything is safe and consent is part of the narrative, which enables viewers to watch whatever plays out guilt-free. Ethical films produced by feminist pornographers such as Tristan Tarmino even include interviews with the performers, which leads to the understanding that they actually enjoy what they're doing and feel empowered by. A lot of people that I know in the industry use ethical porn to describe their work, whereas feminist is a more specific kind of work trouble explains. A majority of us identify as feminists, but my work specifically doesn't inherently, inherently speak to feminist issues. My own work is ethically made queer, and yes, I'm a feminist, but I don't think my goal with making porn is to address feminist issues. That's for one. Feminists have had a very complicated relationship with pornography, and to this day, anti-porn activists often showcase the most violent or kinky porn they can get their hands on. Images of women being images of women being degraded, humiliated, and beaten in order to illustrate how innately anti-feminist pornography is. This judgment about pornography can also reinforce the idea that some forms of sex are inherently unethical and non-consensual, leading women who enjoy rough sex to BDSM, bondage, dominance, sadism, masochism, feel they have something to be ashamed of. Dylan Ryan, a crossover star who began her career in independent queer productions, including those made by Trouble, now regularly performs for the very extreme ethical site kink.com, where it is not uncommon to see her tied up or sexually engaged with several partners. Interviews that follow these performances feature a blissed out Ryan gushing about how she loves her job because it allows her to fulfill her deepest fantasies. Unless porn is specifically advertised as being ethically made, however, there's no way of knowing whether or not what you're watching is produced under conditions that were agreeable to and consensual for the performers. In this way, the real issue for feminists should not be trying to determine whether porn is degrading to women, because as sex educator and film director Tristan Tarmino says, there's no monolithic one thing called porn with a capital P. The more important issue, she says, is whether pornography is made ethically. Trouble suggests being, enti being entirely okay. Trouble suggests being entirely anti-porn is akin to being anti-feminist. I'm a fundamental protector of sex workers within the feminist spectrum. I believe that women, as all of us do, have the choice and the option to take on whatever jobs we want to do. Sex work is a viable choice for women, as well as a high-paying one. I don't consider all mainstream porn to be anti-feminist or degrading to women. I actually find it degrading when women try to tell other women what kinds of jobs they should and should not have. Feminism is about equality and it's also about choice. That this is my choice, respect it, Trouble says. Just as it's often assumed that anything characterized 
as feminist porn is ethically made, it's often assumed that all mainstream pornography is degrading and unethical. Before feminists and queer women got into the business, they might have been a safe assumption, but because women like Tyra Menno embrace the label of feminist pornographer, that is changing. Tyra, Tyra Menno is part of a group of women who have successfully created ethical feminist pornography for mainstream companies like Vivid Entertainment. The company she partnered with for her expert guide series of educational adult videos geared towards heterosexual couples. My main frustration with anti-porn feminists is that they get a lot of airtime, says Tara Menno. She believes healthy sex education and ethical porn produced by queers and feminists can be antidotes to the unhealthy images and messages contained in mainstream porn. I lecture a lot on college campuses and the anti-porn feminists on panels with me drill it into young women's heads that porn is ruining their sex lives. I want young women to know that there are alternatives out there, that porn can be fun, sexy, empowering, feminist. For me, it's very important to identify my work as feminist porn because it is political and it encompasses my mission to showcase genuine female pleasure. I'm investing feminist porn as a concept, a genre, and a social movement. So young pornographers like Trouble Entirement or Trailblazer, they have the likes of Annie Sprinkle, Canada Royale, and Nina Hartley to thank for paving the way. In the 1970s and 1980s, these women were some of the first feminist identified performers in the porn industry. In 1992, Hartley wrote an essay entitled Reflections of a Feminist Porn Star. The rise of ethical porn produced by young feminists today is the direct result of their coming of age during the 1990s when feminists really began to embrace sex positivity and a punk DIY ethic with the mandate that if you didn't like what you saw, it was your obligation to create something new to look at. Ethical pornographers also took a cue from Annie Sprinkle who famously said, the answer to bad porn isn't no porn, it's more porn. Treble has been her own boss since she was a teenager months in Washington's riot girl slash DIY scene with the only quote unquote real job she ever had it being at the Feminist On Our Backs magazine. On Our Backs is also where Carmelo got her start in college. It was her first introduction to pornography that was sex positive, ethical, and feminist. The fact that these women were also the first generation to utilize new technology and the internet can't be overlooked when discussing the explosion of ethically made queer and feminist porn. Shine Louise Houston, owner of the porn production company, Pink and White Productions, first noticed that most major porn distributors had a women's line about 10 years ago when she was working at the sex toy retailer Good Vibrations in San Francisco. To be honest, the porn specifically being marketed to women at the time was really bad, Houston recalls. Not only did my generation grow up in the post-second wave where sex wasn't taboo, we also really understood the importance of technology. Each year just gets easier to get your hands on affordable video equipment. All these young people making porn may not be making a ton of money, but their access to media making technology and the newfound ability to self-distribute their work is changing the porn landscape. And mainstream companies can't even wrap their heads around what we're doing. As a film school graduate, Houston decided to create the kind of porn she believed to be lacking in the market. Porn that featured different genders and queer people of color and that reflected different types of sexuality. Her first film, Crash Pad, made a huge splash, allowing Houston to produce more films and to create her own production company, but her goals have changed. In the early 2000s, there was this upsurge in dyke porn beginning to disappear, Houston recalls. I want to make a sustainable company because of the accessibility of new technology 
I was able to start this queer economy, which is a really important concept. We're a real company, we have a payroll, we pay taxes, we have insurance. We're also able to deliver the ethically made queer porn that our subscribers can't really find anywhere else, she says. Houston says she isn't out to change the minds of anti-porn feminists. I respect their opinion, she adds. My jumping off point was sex positivity. I basically realized that I can fuck with the industry by being in the industry. The mainstream is all about illusion. But by featuring interviews with the performers and featuring real bodies having real sex, we're showing the mechanics of what the mainstream has always tried to hide, Houston reports. Good for her. One of the most important developments for pornography occurred in 2006 when the Toronto-based sex toy company Good Fur launched the Feminist Porn Awards. It's a yearly event that honors the year's best feminist porn offerings. The store is already progressive-minded in its offerings, making sure to promote pornography that women and people of color as well as queer, trans, and members of other marginalized groups found fun, sexy, and empowering. Enterprises like Good Fur come from a place of extreme sex positivity, promoting pleasure and using education to help their patrons unlearn the body negativity that's become so commonplace. The mainstream porn industry is just getting to a place where it's willing to work with women like Tarmino, also recognizing the work of independent while also recognizing the work of independent pornographers like Trouble, whose work was recently nominated for an AVN award, is essentially an Oscar in the adult entertainment industry. The reason feminist porn awards are so crucial is that they only recognize films that appeal to people who are not served by the mainstream industry. Feminist porn awards value women as viewers and showcase their pleasure. They recognize the social and even political value of showing people of color enjoying sex without stereotyping them. They showcase authenticity authentic queer and transgendered sex that is made by and for queer and transgender people. All the films featured at the Feminist Porn Awards must be ethically made, which means all performers are fairly compensated, treated respectfully, given agency, and input on how they want their scenes to play out. Lorraine Hewitt, who has worked at Good First since 2004, serves as the Feminist Porn Awards as creative director. The awards are now well-respected and well-attended, but when they first began six years ago, Hewitt found herself having to combat stereotypes about feminists and sex. There was a belief overall that the idea of feminists making and joint pornography was akin to a fish riding a bicycle. Obviously, there are still many issues that make the mainstream porn industry problematic from a feminist perspective. However, the work of feminists and ethical pornographers like Trouble, Houston, and Tarmento is arguably changing the industry. With porn that's diverse, empowering, ethical, and inclusive, all the while being focused on female pleasure, there's no overstating how powerful and political these messages can be for women. One of the wonderful things we're doing is showing that porn is simply a medium that reflects our desires. He says women and other marginalized groups have felt victimized by pornography in the past, and that's all and that's all understandable. But we have also been hurt by books, mainstream movies, art, etc. By promoting this work, I think we're showing anti-porn films that just as with those other mediums. We can still utilize porn that has positive results for our communities. The aim of feminist porn for Hewitt is not only to broaden perspectives and make alternatives more available, but also to influence the mainstream industry to incorporate feminist ideals, ideas into its films, such as by encouraging it to showcase genuine, feminine, genuine female pleasure. The industry doesn't have to be homogeneous, she says. We're just fighting for the desires and perspectives of women of the marginalized groups that have equal status and wider visibility. This article was published in the spring 2012 issue of Horizon. So far, I mean, I decided 
once I become a pornographer, that there will be no scripts, no must-have camera angles, no artificiality. The people I will be filming as a porn filmmaker are real-life partners in one way or another. The chemistry is apparent, the passion genuine. Everything is safe and consent is part of the narratives. And viewers see 100% guilt-free porn. I decided to be a queer positivity pornographer. And I decided to be a sex positivity pornographer. I decided to be a body positivity pornographer. And any kind of porn, and I'm a pornographer, and I perform in. And as for the article I read uh, previously, I'm very grateful that we do have tasteful porn. It's good to interview subject bios. I decided to be a feminist porn star myself. I decided to be an ethical porn star myself as well. I love that we're seeking authenticity, but I also say it's more important to maintain the authenticity. The issue of exploitation, awesome, awesome. Diversifying in the beginnings are just lovely to me. And the type of pornographer I want to be, I want to be a a globally conscious pornographer where and my porn films, right? I want to, yes, have it hot and steamy, but it's also enlightening and inspires human growth and human empathy. Basically, I'm going to create erotic edutainment. That's what I want to do. I want to create erotic edutainment. I want to be an erotic edutainment star where yes, you're entertained. Yes, there's comedy. But it has the hot and steam at the same time. It covers all the bases. So I I want to be an erotic edutainment star. Right? I want to be a sex positivity I want to be a body positivity star. I want to be a queer positivity star. 
yes, I want to be a star in these things because I am for all-around positivity. I'm an all-around positivity star. And these things are very, very valuable um, to me. And I'm glad that I'm being honest about these very same things. So, let's talk about humanity, okay? The most, I'm sorry about that. Sometimes when I do articles, they like to play videos. And so I have to pause the video so we can keep on going, all right? Sex Workers Work, September 1st, 2020 by Stacey Leigh-Manuel, OpenSociety.org. The multiple threats facing sex workers today. A male, not her, a male, not her real name, a sex worker and mother of a young daughter living in South Africa has faced an almost total loss of income since the government imposed a nationwide lockdown in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Unlike the millions of other South African workers who've been negatively affected by the economic freeze, however, Emele has received no government support in exchange for her lost earnings. Predictably, she has struggled to pay her rent. Emele is not alone. With many governments around the world imposing drastic measures to curb the spread of COVID-19, sex workers have been pushed to the brink of financial desperation. Because sex work is not recognized as a legitimate profession, sex workers have been unable to access government relief programs in countries where sex work is criminalized. Without financial social support, sex workers are slipping through the cracks. By driving sex work from the underground, by driving sex work further underground, the COVID-19 pandemic has resulted in violence, harassment, and abuse of sex workers. In Kenya, for example, Incidences of violence against sex workers more than tripled during the first month of the pandemic, according to the Kenya Sex Workers Alliance. A sex worker in South Africa, Robin Matsumi, died in the custody of police in April. Sex workers in South Africa experienced systemic human rights violations, outright violence, discrimination, and harassment at the hands of the police at an alarming rate. Thousands of sex workers have no other option but to continue working placing their health and lives at risk to support themselves and their families. Driven by financial needs, sex workers are more likely to agree to meet with clients they do not feel comfortable with or negotiate safety measures such as condom use. Sex workers have also reported that clients are more likely to bargain over prices or push for services to be performed without condoms since COVID-19 measures were adopted in their countries. Stay-at-home orders have also wreaked havoc on the provision of reproductive health services and life-saving treatment for HIV slash AIDS, tuberculosis, and other infectious diseases. Sex workers in Rwanda, for example, have been unable to afford enough food to survive because of the lockdown. Sex workers are also increasingly stigmatized by their communities who perceive them as vectors for the spread of COVID-19. Sex workers, particularly those who are transgender, migrants, or women of color, are vulnerable to over-policing and punitive measures linked to the enforcement of COVID-19 regulations. The pandemic has also created a higher threshold for sex workers to report abuse, which creates a climate of impunity and exacerbates the risk of violence. It doesn't have to be this way. In New Zealand, for example, the first country to criminalize sex work in the world, sex workers were able to access the government's emergency wage subsidy within days, just like all the other workers in the country whose earnings had fallen because of the pandemic. 
Moreover, government staff worked closely with sex work organizations to ensure that sex workers had access to social support programs and to define guidelines to return to work safely after the lockdown was eased. Decriminalization and removal of criminal penalties for buying and selling sex is key to protecting sex workers from abuse and exploitation. It is also a crucial step in improving the health of sex workers, their families, and their communities. This is especially true during a global pandemic. These measures would help sex workers like Amale receive a basic income, services, and ability to provide for her family. The COVID-19 pandemic demonstrates just how urgent it is for governments to recognize sex work as a form of labor and to provide basic services and protection to the millions of people working in the sex industry. Yes. That's absolutely true. Absolutely true. Sorry about that. It happened. I, I, I forgot that. I'm sorry. Um, but yes, I do think that we have to just appreciate people for who they truly are. Um, instead of trying to align them for professionalism that we have an inability to process, or should I say, a lot of us have the ability to process it, but we pretend we have an inability to process it. So yes, government should be recognizing, all governments around the world should recognize sex work as a form of labor. Providing basic services protection to the millions of people working in the sex industry should be done. Should be done. Okay, you might hear another video, I'm gonna pause it. Wow. I thought I was gonna have to Tell YouTube no again. I love YouTube, but sometimes I gotta tell it no when it comes to articles. Because I don't want it to um, be something that you hear while I'm doing the episodes. Sex Workers Work, Sex Workers is Untold Stories, March 11, 2019, by Aaron Greenberg. Throughout the world, sex work is stigmatized as taboo and moral and, and moral and dangerous. Sex workers, meanwhile, are seen to be victims of human trafficking, drug abuse, drugs, abuse, and so on. In both cases, the assumptions are factually inaccurate. Worse still, they fuel policies and norms which not only fail to protect sex workers, but by forcing them underground imperil their safety and health. Thankfully, Objects of Desire, a new exhibition based in Berlin, organized by a sex worker collective, is working to challenge and dismantle such misconceptions. By highlighting the ways in which sex workers manage relations with their clients, lovers, families, and neighbors, objects of desire show that complexity that show the complexity that is all too often lost in public debates about sex work. I think that is awesome. By the way, lots of sex workers have healthy relationships with their clients, healthy relationships with their lovers healthy relationships with their families and healthy relationships with their neighbors and there's so many people 
who look out for sex workers and make and are making sure that sex workers are are okay in every area of life. And there are lots of sex workers who are sober, abuse-free, and no human trafficking. You have sex workers who have healthy relationships with sex work. Now let's get into this. We gonna be doing this. Fired for doing porn. The new employment discrimination. Adult performers who get work elsewhere could be fired if their passes comes out. And there's no legal recourse. By E.J. Dixon, published September 30th, 2013, 11 p.m. East Coast time, saloon.com. When Gage retired from the adult industry in 2005, she had big plans for a post-porn career. A, a 4 foot 11 Arkansas native best known for best known her signature move receiving anal sex while doing a handstand. Gage abruptly left the industry after shooting more than 140 films due to a contract dispute with her management company. Although she enjoyed her four year stint in front of the camera, she wanted to take time off to prove to herself that she could succeed in other avenues. Some girls enter the business without a long-term plan, or maybe they think they can't do anything else. She says, I was never like that. I always thought I could do anything. After a few years of saving money through feature dancing, Gage went to school to get her get to get her certification as a surgical tech. Rece- reaching the top of her class and logging double her required hours in the process. An anesthesia tech recognized her and word spread to the hospital staff that a porn star was among their ranks. Everybody wanted me in their room, but they started treating me like shit, Gadge says. They made me feel like I was contaminating everything. By the time she was set to graduate, no one at the hospital would sign off on her required hours. Although the hospital eventually issued Gage an apology, she felt both wounded and perplexed by the experience. I'm thinking, why isn't anybody asking an anesthesia tech how he recognized me? She says, okay, so what? I'm the provider. You're the fucking consumer you're the freaking consumer why is what i did so much more wrong than what you did hurt but still undeterred gage went to criminal justice school gage went to criminal justice school then to makeup artist school when she applied for a job she'd be passed over in favor of someone with less experience and training when she went to church service with her husband and teenage stepchildren she lived in constant fear of being recognized after eight years of this treatment at the age of 33, she decided to return to the porn industry, announcing a comeback film with Brazzers in an interview with porn blogger and director Billy Watson. I ended up just getting so fed up with the way I was being treated, she told me the week after she announced her comeback, I have a family now, and if, I, and if I've exhausted all my admins, the only thing left is the adult industry, then I'm just like, well, look, I've tried this, I've tried that year after year after year. 2013, I've been going to school since 2007. What else am I supposed to do? Gage is quick to note that porn is not a plan B for her. For the most part, she enjoyed her time in the industry and respected the people she's worked with. Yet her frustration over having been denied a life outside of porn is palpable. 
I left because I wanted to prove to myself that I could that I could succeed in other avenues, she says, a not so subtle hint of irony in her husky southern twang. And I did, but I guess I'm succeeded a little better in porn. Gage's post-porn trajectory is far from unusual. The adult industry has, for a lack of a better term, a particularly high recidivism rate, especially for performers who have achieved a certain level of name recognition, but they, like Gage, continue to perform on the featured dancing circuit or as financially shrewd as Janet Jameson who used their performance earnings to start her own multi-million dollar production company. Performers can stay in the industry for years regardless of whether they're still in front of the camera. For actors still at peak performing ages, Gage was when she retired. There are many reasons why one would be attached to the industry, money, notoriety, moderately flexible working hours, yet those who are looking to transition to a nine-to-five desk job will most likely find themselves blocked at every turn. At every job you apply for, you will either have to disclose your background and chance not even getting a shot at an interview or hide your past and prove yourself, hoping when the truth comes out, you will be kept on, says Cindy Loftus, the editor of porn website. Luke is back in a 20-year industry vet. Given how much attention the media has devoted to the mainstreaming of porn, it's tempting to hope that more progressive employers would be willing to turn a blind eye to a smutty title or two on someone's resume. But even in a world where hardcore performers like Sasha Gray and James Dean can be cast in major indie films, I-N-D-I-E, where within certain circles, her suit Golden Age stars like Ron Jeremy are as beloved as Mickey Mouse, there's still a great deal of stigma attached to the industry. By the way, I want to pause and say, I'm well aware of the legal challenges in regards to um, alleged sex crimes that are occurring to Ron Jeremy. I do not want to minimize anybody's pain. I have empathy and compassion for anybody who has gone through forcibly, you know, sex crimes. And I just want to say that um, I've been through it myself and I don't want to overlook any of that. Um, and I do want to say, even though Ron Jeremy hasn't been prosecuted yet, I still want to reach out to people like yourself, let you know that people like ourselves that that we that I care. Loftus says that while there's more acceptance of those coming from the adult world and mainstream entertainment fields, generally speaking, if you go into porn, you will need to make a living in some part of that field for the rest of your life or open your own business because the average Joe is not going to hire you. Thanks to the widespread availability of porn clips on streaming websites like PornTube and Tube8, it's becoming increasingly difficult for former adult stars to conceal their past from their employers. Stacy House, an Oxnard, California middle school teacher who went by the professional name of Tiffany Six, is the most recent example of this phenomenon. A science teacher hated intermediate school. Hales was fired for students found one of her videos on the internet. When she fought her termination in court, her appeal was denied by a three-judge panel, of which whom wrote in a 46-page 46 46 statement that the ongoing availability of her pornographic materials on the internet would continue to impede Hallis of being an effective teacher and respected colleague. Employment prospects for former adult performers are not much better outside the school system. The adult film star Houston 
Nick Kimberly Haley was let go from a real estate job for five years under similar circumstances after a co-worker recognized her. I was a new home salesperson that happened in two communities and I was working my ass off since Houston. Recently wrote a memoir, Pretty Enough, the story of a gangbang queen. I had dyed my hair dark, I had gained weight, and I didn't even look like Houston anymore. I was always incognito, I was trying to hide like I still do today. After she lost her job in 2008, Houston considered pursuing legal action against her employer. Ultimately, she, ultimately, she decided against it out of fear of being blacklisted by the real estate company. Gage, too, says she contacted adult entertainment nonprofit, the Free Speech Coalition, which referred, to, which referred her to the ACLU after she was let go from her volunteer job. Unfortunately, employment discrimination cases involving sex workers are usually very, very difficult to win, says adult entertainment lawyer Michael Fatarozzi. Under current discrimination laws, there are no protections for former sex workers and firing someone for their porn fast. It's not like saying we're letting you go because you're black or Jewish or you wear a turban. Those things are not a result of life choice you make and being a sex worker is. An employee, an employee who, like Hollis, failed to disclose a porn past on their resume would be comprised even further. The employer could argue that the employee had been hired under false pretenses, leading the court to side in their favor. Fatarasi says that while porn is gaining more mainstream acceptance, that doesn't mean that people who work in the industry are going to be treated any better by future non-porn employers and co-workers. I have a comment I like to make to people. Porn is like prison, he says. Everybody likes to be in prison, but no one wants to live or work next door to one. A week after Houston was fired, she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer and experienced to recount in documentarian. Bryce Wagner's style play after porn ends. Although the film ends with her going to nursing school and graduating with a license in phlebotomy, over the past few years, she has floated in and out of the porn industry, working as a cam girl and as an escort in Las Vegas, escorting while remaining in quasi-retirement has become something of a trend in the adult world, in large part due to the internet driving performances rates down. While Houston, like many other adult performers struggling to cross over, has stumbled while trying to keep her feet in both worlds. She says she has learned how to use her porn background to her advantage. In her current position at a Las Vegas company, she uses her connections to the industry by setting up clients with porn companies looking to rent houses for shoots. They love that I'm their link to the porn world, she says. She doesn't regret her porn past. What she does regret, however, are the changes that the industry has, since, has seen since she shot her first role almost 20 years ago. It's embarrassing to be a porn star now, she says. Actually, I disagree with that. I think it's awesome to be a porn star. Being a porn star is not embarrassing. Violating human rights of porn stars? Now that's embarrassing. There's no movies being made anymore. It's all scenes. There's no dialogue. There's no craft service. Nothing. The event of camming or performing live sex shows on webcam for fans has driven performance prices down irrevocably altering the economic model of the industry where a performer could previously make hundreds of dollars from an annual scene. Now there are girls and camp scenes doing annual for like $50. Houston complaints is crazy, but it's the only way to make money now. Well, I do understand those concerns. I do think that we need more dialogues and craft services. We do need, need more movies. And this is why I am saying that ethical porn, feminist porn can help change those things. Because I think ethical porn and feminist porn I'm educating people about it on the, on our podcast. That way, you can have um, an, a better, more enhanced economic model ministry, right? Because that can easily 
destroy the arguments of anti-porn feminists, even though I have a respect for too. Now that it has become less feasible to make a living as an adult performer, some believe the onus is on agents, managers, and production companies, most of which, you, most of which do not even offer their performances health insurance to help ease their, the, their performances transition back to the mainstream by teaching them valuable work skills. I agree with these things strongly. Yes, I do. Or showing them how to manage their finances so they can accrue a substantial nest egg for retirement. You damn right. Damn skippy right, as I'm about to say. Seems to me the closest bonds these women have are with these agents slash managers. After porn ins director Wagner says, I think if the agents slash managers wanted to protect their investment, they would do something like that. Absolutely, they should do that shit. They should do those shits. After eight years of being tossed around by the mainstream working world, however, Gage doesn't think the industry can do much to improve employers' views of those in her field. It's the culture that loves Ron Jeremy and shames the women paid to have sex with them on screen. That penalizes the woman on screen and not the anesthesia tech who jerks off to her that ultimately leads to change the most. As a whole, our society desensitizes to sex, she says. That's sadly true. You can watch MTV Awards with Miley Cyrus and any Katy Perry, Katy Perry video with that pillow between her legs and humping it. I don't know why it's such a big deal when you tell people you did porn. It's really confusing to me. It confuses the hell out of me, too. It's ass backwards to me. It pisses me off. Um, regardless of somebody's porn past, sex worker past, if they are qualified to do the jobs that you need them to do, then let them do it. If they, uh, you know, sex workers, porn performers who have a past, majority of them are decent neighborly human beings and so as long as they're decent neighborly neighborly human beings and they're qualified to do the job that you're needing then leave their porn past alone leave their sex worker past alone excuse me a slight sneeze i'm good though i'm good um i think that is really shameful that um, people who want to pursue other things once the adult performing passes over, they have to go back. It's okay to return to the sex work industry. It's okay to return to the porn industry and to porn perform the sex work there. That's cool. It's sad that they have to do that even though they had intentions to do other things they really wanted to do once that the adult performing they felt was over for them for that time. And I think the courts need to have sex worker and porn performer sensitivity training classes courses because if you have people who want to move on to other things, then the world of work needs to embrace them. Because we got to stop holding people to a past. Because people have the right to do other things. It's all legal, so what the fuck is the problem? What the hell is the issue, right? And my thing is, employment discrimination and sex work and farm performers, in my view, 
is morally reprehensible. And I do want to say that I care sex workers. Some people say, but Antonio, some things you said on your other pod on the the podcast episodes about how you want to get into these things. And I want to fully explain why. There's so many people in the world who have been sexually harmed and have been made to live life without understanding healthy sex, healthy sexuality, healthy intimacy, healthy interpersonal, healthy thoughts, healthy emotions, um, healthy communication, verbal and nonverbal, healthy actions, healthy deeds. Healthy sensuality, healthy romance, healthy body image, healthy nudity, and a lack of all inclusive feminism and all inclusive ethicalness, right? They were made to live with gender and sexual diversity ridicule. And lastly, including living in sex negativity. And the reason why I want to be a porn performer, the reason why I want to be a pornographer, I want to help heal people in those ways. Because yes, I think being a sexologist is great, something I'm open to. Being a sex coach, sex therapist are great things, careers I'm open to as well. But I know that people, like, I know what you're saying, but I need to see it. And that's what I want to show people. I feel that porn is art. I feel that sex work is art. And I want to show people how you can have creative healing sex. That doesn't mean that you put yourself in dangerous situations. That doesn't mean dangerous coping mechanisms. That doesn't mean dangerous management skills. That doesn't mean depending on the outward for what's inside of you. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is, is that to show people that you can have ethical sex, you can have ethical mutuality, um, ethical reciprocity, um, ethical exploration, ethical adventures, ethical journeys. And you can be sexually fully human without harmfulness, without contamination, without pollution, um, without intrusion, 
And so that's why I want to show people that through my being a sex worker and it, and my being a performer, they're like, well, didn't you say you're open to do all the other 25 types of sex work? Yes, for all those same compassionate, empathic, empathetic reasons. I want to show people that sex, sex work, and porn are forms of humanitarianism and humanitarian efforts. They're forms of of spiritual philanthropy and internal charitableness. And those are that's what I think honestly. So I must keep going. So this is what a feminist porn magazine looks like. Welcome to Math Magazine, where feminist meets erotica. By Priscilla Frank. Warning, this post contains not safe for work, not safe for school imagery. It may not be suitable for work environments and school environments. From the outside, Math Magazine looks more like a vintage textbook or old school medical journal than a porn magazine. And that's exactly the point. Our discrete design and name allows readers, also known as math police, to inconspicuously look at pornography in public. Editor-in-chief Mackenzie Peck explained in an interview with Huffington Post. She describes the act of looking at porn in public as a spine-tickling erotic proposition that feels riskier than using an e-reader or phone. I appreciate that transgression and porn are, are inextricably linked, she adds. Privacy, secrecy, and taboo give potency to what we do. Math magazines tactile, bold, and a bit nerdy. Your sexy and smart secret hiding in plain sight. Peck first began thinking about the possibility of creating her very own progressive porn publication after growing frustrated with the ambiguous and sometimes unethical practice and so much of mainstream porn production. You delve into this rabbit hole of the internet, and the deeper you go, the less clear you are about the ethics and practices being employed in the production of the material, she said. So she embarked on a mission to provide her peers with the salacious material they could feel comfortable perusing, knowing that it was created safely, consensually, and fairly. Readers can still have the discovery, the surprise, even that sense of taboo, Peck said. With the knowledge that everything was produced in collaboration with models and using the most ethical practices, she set out to create, in other words, a safe version of the sexy internet. Peck's other main goal was to increase the kinds of bodies and relationships which were represented on the page while still keeping her magazine nasty. I often find in mainstream pornography that there is this inverse relationship between explicitness and quality, she expressed. One of my main focuses is maintaining a high level of quality while, continue, while continuing to push boundaries in terms of kink and sexuality in unrepresented groups. So far, it seems pink. So far, it seems Peck has stayed true to her vision. A second issue of math, for example, features a photograph of an elderly couple making out a sexual encounter between three men in a BDSM sequence involving ropes, harnesses, and spankings. The feature also, the feature also, also contains erotic artworks from Afa Channeling and Francis Wade. The text is just as tantalizing, perhaps even more surprising. There's an interview with a lunar, yes. 
That's a balloon fetish enthusiast, along with a bright written confession about a fantasy involving shrinking in an interview with conceptual artist Pacifico Solano, who explores gay culture identity and height of the AIDS crisis on the cups of math third edition. Peck hopes to trick her readers into learning something new by virtue of turning them on in her work. I'm really into subverting mainstream ideas via material that is hot. Like humor, sex is a powerful mechanism for lowering defenses and creating an equal playing field where ideas can be extremely fluidly. Like humor, sex is a powerful mechanism for lowering defenses and creating an equal playing field where ideas can be exchanged fluidly without judgment. I like the idea of converting people, Peck said. I want people to come forward, pun intended, the sexy times that maybe they don't care the way we're producing these materials is progressive at first. Peck is painfully aware of how strange it is that fair consumption, fair compensation, and safe conditions within the porn industry are considered liberal causes. It's crazy that that's subversive to have respect for women, to have respect for women of color, to work against toxic masculinity. Having said that, Peck is determined to keep her work from becoming stuck in a liberal bubble, never able to reach the people whose perceptions it might change. Even within a progressive mindset, I try to stay totally open-minded, she says. A lot of progressive outlets can get into their bubble of agreement and same is important for me to get outside of my sphere and bring more and more people to the fold. Although the progressive aspect of the magazine is hugely important to Peck's larger goals, if it's not sexy, she's not interested. No matter what, I want to leave room for someone to get a boner or get wet, she explained. Some enter to the some enter this amazing gray area of morality and politics, but it can't but it can't get so mighty in ideas that there's no space for sexual discovery. It should inspire you to have an encounter with it or with someone or masturbate. Math magazine Brooklyn Porn Quarterly is available for purchase online. Ooh, I want to be a progressive porn performer. I want to be a progressive pornographer. I want to be a progressive porn pornographer. And yes, don't get into the bubble of agreement and saying this all the time. Um, it's sad that doing what's right is considered leftist, liberal, progressive. Shouldn't that be everybody's mentality? That we all do what's right and ethical and good? Um, hmm. I think it's good that we're working against toxic masculinity. We're respecting women, respecting women of color, and those are all awesome. And by the way, I want to quote something that was mentioned previously. And I'm glad that it was so beautifully stated. Um, Here we go. This is what I really want to say. I think it's good to have payroll, paying taxes, and insurances in real companies. I think all porn companies should have payroll, pay taxes, and have all around insurances. Temporal and forever as well when it comes to all around insurance. Um, 
this is what I want to say about mainstream porn. I want people to know my heart. Right? Here we go. I want to say that I am open to working with mainstream companies. I'm open to working with the mainstream porn industry. I'm influenced. I'm. I decided I'm going to influence the mainstream porn industry to incorporate ethical porn and feminist porn ideas into their film. I decided that. I want to also be a porn retailer. I want to be an ethical porn retailer. I want to be a feminist porn retailer. Um, here's something I really, 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 really want to say. And I mean this. from the bottom of my heart. I think that it's good to make better porn than to have no porn. I do not consider all mainstream porn to be anti-feminine. That's Antonio Myers, me saying that. I don't consider all mainstream porn to be degrading to women. That is me, Antonio Myers, saying that. All mainstream pornography is not degrading. That's me, Antonio Myers, saying that. All mainstream pornography is not ethical. That's me saying that. And my name is Antonio Myers. I want to create ethical feminist pornography for mainstream porn companies. That's what I want to do. I want to perform an ethical feminist pornography for mainstream porn companies. I want to be an ethical feminist pornographer for mainstream porn companies. I do. And a lot of people would say, but Antonio, if you're applying for jobs and you, tr you want to have a job and trying to get a job, do you know that what you're saying can be reported? And here's what I say. My message is, this is exactly why I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I decided that the world of work 
the fact that you have the world of work fucking people over because of their past related to the triple X. I don't want to work in that kind of world of work. I don't. I'm pretty sure those with their porn pass are better college than ones who don't have a porn pass. For real. And I decided I'm not feeling bad about anything I'm saying. Not. Because what I'm saying is of substance. I say what many people think, but they have many reasons to be afraid. Um, I decided this is my calling. I'm not budging. not letting go of what's right. I know that the right people take care the right people, R-G-H-D take care of me. I take care of myself. I'm a fan of extreme sex positivity promoting pleasure with your education to unlearn body negativity. I think that's great. Um, I'm just really happy know that we're actually progressing in our world. That's what gives me encouragement. Um, I'll be definitely doing part five tomorrow. I just want to say thank you for everybody listening to me.